0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. These days, known as pre-Lent, are actually very beautiful. You might say to yourself, well, Lent is a beautiful season, but it already lasts quite a long time, 40 days. So why would we add on to it and make it 70 days? No. the reason we do this is because when you go back through the history of the church, making sure that seasons that were penitential were taken seriously was a very important thing. You know what I mean by penitential, correct? A time when we as believers stop for a moment to say, we're in a sin-broken world we ourselves as individuals struggle with sin and temptation. We know that as we go through this world, Christ forgives us and helps us. But we also know that there are far too many times where we really want to do the sin And we really want to forget about Christ calling us to repentance so that we can just settle in and enjoy all that evil that we want to do. That is a tendency that is within us, and it's something we need to fight against on a daily basis. That's why, as Christians, we're called to remember our baptism every day, to tell God we're sorry for our sins, to believe that we're forgiven, to remember that we've been washed in the blood of Christ in that baptismal water. But to be honest with you, at times, our hearts can grow kind of cold. At times, our thoughts can grow kind of dim. And we can forget about the Word. And so these three weeks coming up are weeks where we gather together readings that talk about times and places, ideas and situations that impact us as Christians, who are coming to God in repentance. In other words, it's to say, hey, you know this Lenten season that's coming up? When you get there, it's going to be a time for us to focus on turning from our sins, hearing the word of God, and receiving the gifts of Christ. And when you get there, take it seriously. Remember, just like that time when the Israelites were were in the wilderness and they grumbled against God, they shouldn't have done that. Have you grumbled against God? And you remember that time that St. Paul compared that to our own day and age that we as Christians have received as gifts of Christ, but sometimes we don't take them seriously. Remember what he said there? All of these things are put forward to you as an example. Your brothers and sisters in the faith have gone before you, and they learned these lessons the hard way. It's a good thing for us in our day to learn them by the grace of the Holy Spirit and walk in the ways of truth. With that in mind then, let's hear what happened to the Israelites as they were walking along. They were leaving the wilderness of sin by stages. They're on the exodus. They've left Egypt. The wilderness of sin should stand out to you because that was where God first gave the Israelites manna from heaven. They were hungry, and they were angry that they were hungry, and they said to God, why did you bring us out here? So that you could kill us by starvation? And God then proved to them uh, again his power and his might by giving them manna from heaven. Well, they get up, and they move on from there to the next spot, and now they're thirsty. It's not enough that they've got lots of bread to eat, They want something to drink too. Now, to be honest with you, if we all are thirsty, nothing to drink, and we're standing around uh, slowly um, dying of thirst, this is a big problem, isn't it? It needs to be addressed. We all need food and water. But how did they approach it? Instead of coming to God and coming to Moses, God's representative, and saying, You just took care of us by giving us manna from heaven. So we know that you love us. We know that you care for us. But now we're really thirsty. Our kids are thirsty. Our animals are thirsty. Please give us water too. Instead of coming humbly and requesting things as God had told us to do, he wants you to pray to him when you need something. Instead, they come and they say, God, you brought us out here so that we might die of thirst. You did this on purpose, and we know it. And in a sense, they were saying, if you don't give us water, we're not going to be your people anymore. We're going to hightail it back to Egypt, that kind of idea. Now, why couldn't they just ask God nicely? Why couldn't they come to him as believers They had seen his works and miracles countless times. They knew he had the power to do anything. Why couldn't they just ask humbly and nicely? It's a very good question, isn't it? You know the answer as well as I do. When push comes to shove, sometimes it's awfully hard to believe. No matter how many times God has blessed you, faith can continue to be a challenge, correct? That's one thing we learn about this as we prepare for Lent. Never say to yourself, well, it was easy to repent last year and 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago, so why would it not be a challenge coming up? No. Instead, you come back and you say, every day as a child of God, faith is what I'm about. Hearing his word is what I'm about. Repenting of my sins is what he calls me to do. And believing that Christ died for me is so important. This is something that's so important, only the Holy Spirit can work it in me. And so I shouldn't take for granted his work or his gifts or his ways, but instead, take it seriously and come to him humbly, just like the Israelites should have come to him humbly asking for water, we come to God humbly asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness. So we don't take it for granted. The other thing is, we also recognize that Satan hates it when we believe in God and trust in him. He hates it, and so he did everything he could to rile up the Israelites against God, and he'll do the same in your life. He wants to rile you up and be angry about God and angry towards God and forgetful about his ways. And there's all sorts of things that can come up, whether they're little things like somebody offended me or didn't speak nicely to me or big things like, you know, that person over there is supposed to be good sinned and did something wrong and now I'm mad. All sorts of ways that Satan comes to strip you up and, well, distract you from Christ Jesus, right? Right? Because he was humble and he bore all the insults and he bore all the sins of the world in his flesh and died for them on the cross to save you. So don't let any distractions, any offenses, any problems take you away from kneeling at the foot of his cross and being washed by his blood. Offenses come. But when we come humbly to God, Christ helps us through them all. These are important things we learn from the Israelites. And there's one more thing. Notice that when God comes and says, all right, he says, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it. Moses has a staff. There's a big rock. And Moses will take the staff and strike it. And out will come water. Fresh water. Cool water. Clean water. Enough for hundreds of thousands of people to drink. That's a lot of water. But who is standing on the rock? The Lord. God Almighty. Yahweh. Correct? Now, think about what we read in First Corinthians. It says... When Moses struck the rock, who is that rock? Jesus himself. What a beautiful place in the scriptures where Jesus is referred to as being the Lord God Yahweh. So when Moses comes up to that rock, and when the people are standing around dying of thirst, and God has to do something or they're all going to be lost. Moses takes his staff and stabs it into the side of the rock and out comes water. And what does it remind you of? When Jesus had died upon the cross and he had to die or we all were going to perish. And up comes a Roman centurion with a spear and stabs it into his side and out comes blood and water. Blood reminds us of the Lord's Supper which we have today. The water reminds us of holy baptism. We eat and drink and taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the other thing you remember before Lent. There's a lot of things out there in the world that promise you to be good, clean water and good, healthy food. But in the end, they can't deliver. There's a lot of other religions, a lot of other philosophies, a lot of other ways a lot of other pleasures that can promise many things, but they can't deliver. Christ alone by his word, this washing of baptism, this feast here and this word gives you, gives you something that truly gives life. By you have Jesus. That's beautiful. So come, dear friends. Here is a river of the water of life. Here is a feast given by God. Come, for everything is ready. Amen. The peace of Christ that passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.